I'll let you pray. So, <clears throat> if you will, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this beautiful day today as I am here in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, watching the sun rise over the mountain and <clears throat> just a beautiful sight, God. We have just so thoroughly enjoyed the beauty of your creation these past few days, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for another day of life. God, I just pray this morning that, uh, Father, I pray for Jerry and Zach, God, that uh, the words that uh, they will speak today, Lord God, that you will speak through them, through your Holy Spirit, words of inspiration and encouragement to us today, Father, pray that you'll just bless both of these men, God, in all of their endeavors, and Lord, we just thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Doc. So, Zach, good, good, good morning. Good morning, um, everybody. So, I got Zach Wagner, who uh, is a newer friend of mine. I guess uh, Brandon Ketchen yep. connected us. Sure did. Several, a couple months ago. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so, as you and I met, and you uh, were looking at your career, and how old are you now? 26. 26. 27 in several months. Young man. And so, as we were talking about your career and some opportunities, um, and you went to Scott, Scott School, yep. and then graduated from NKU a couple Correct. years ago. Yep, 2018. Went to LA. Yep, where I had a job contract out there for a while post-college, and once that expired. COVID hit? Yep, it was during COVID hit, and it was expiring, so it was a good time to come back and you know be with my friends and family yeah. through such uncertain times. So. Yeah, and so then you and I connected a couple weeks ago and looking for career opportunities, and I said, hey, we got all kinds of there's all kinds of stuff going on in yeah. Learn Glass as David Booz was on yesterday. And um, I said, I got a new guy, David, who's taken on some projects from a management and leadership standpoint and you were available. So I said, why don't you come join this Motley crew and see, <laughs> see what we can create um, a space for you. So I Let's appreciate things going. So lots of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I think, I think Rufus actually, who just prayed us in taught me uh, years ago that, an elder is a dust kicker, dust stirrer. Like the word elder means like dust kicker, I think. Um, and so that's kind of what I do is I stir up a lot of dust and then I need a lot of people to, to kind of part the ways. And anyway, so I'm glad you're here, Zach. Glad um, to be here. You've been a breath of fresh air for me personally, and I've enjoyed getting to know you. And so we're talking about, we've been talking about for the last over a week um, on PSP and with a lot of leaders, like this intersection. Um, and you came from a previous to Learning Glass, you were in a corporate setting, just like David, where it's like the political correctness. I don't know if you've heard those terms as it relates to- Absolutely, especially yeah. being in human resources with my previous career path. I mean, you yeah, you get all taste of that. So yeah, you're thrown into the fire. Well, actually the problems are thrown to you when you're the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, you know, historically Rufus and I would say, you know, years ago it was, you know, and maybe still today politics and religion, like they don't, don't bring them into the marketplace. Absolutely. And then, so. yeah. And so, but we, you know, at, at, in small businesses like ours, we've got an opportunity that we can. Um, and as I was telling David yesterday, it's like, I want to be very respectful to my staff and our customers. Um, and I also want to, you know, be authentic in my belief systems and my faith. And so as we, as we've been talking about this, this, um, you know, this intersection 
um, and trying to create synergy with relationships and faith. What's, what are your thoughts? Like what's, what's popping into your mind um, on this topic? Well, it's been kind of a ref- breath of fresh air coming here outside of a corporate setting, because you know, when you get into a corporate setting, everything is follow all these guidelines. If you say one thing out of place or show your true colors, or I, you know, I was at a previous position, previous job to where you can wear a t-shirt with a cross on it. You can have mm. a cross necklace, not even a cross in general, any sign of religion or faith or yeah. God or spirit, anything like that. It was no, can't wear it, stuff like that. So I understand why they do it because when you're in an environment of seven, 800 people, there's a vast array of religions, beliefs, sure, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. And you don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to have nothing yeah. essentially yeah. and to keep, and to keep your mouth closed in a good way, the sense that you don't want to offend anybody, but it's also mm-hmm. bad because, you know, those practices you have at home, yeah, you kind of like got to check them at the door and really yeah. watch what you say, not even in a bad way, just in terms of the way you go about your day yeah. with your faith and religion and the things that you practice. Yeah. And as a, as a leader within our company and a lot of leaders on the call today, it's like, I'm sure that the leaders feel the same way. It's like, they don't want to offend anybody. Exactly. I don't want to, I don't want to offend a customer. <laughs> Um, I don't want to offend a staff member. And so, so I think the, I think the apprehension of, I don't want to offend could prevent us from taking opportunities to engage people at a deeper level. Right. Right. That, and, I, and I think a lot of that plays into the I and we, mm. so depending on how you're saying things, if it's like, we need to do this because this is the Christian thing to do that could offend somebody. Whereas you say, well, you know, I do this because this is my beliefs. So you're, yeah, outputting you're putting out your input, but not making it seem like you're attaching the we to it that they need to also do what exactly what you do. So if yeah. you use that I versus we, I think that can go a long way yeah. in this terms of being able to express yourself, but not feel like you're pulling somebody else with you and making sure. it like you need to do this because this is what yeah. I do. Yeah, it it seems you know when people are trying to <clears throat> when people are trying to convince you of something uh, that you don't want to be convinced of, right? Yeah. When somebody becomes like we would say, we might say they're what like somebody that's trying to take their belief system, whatever it could be politics, and they're trying to, I guess, push it on you, right? You get that white noise in your head, and you start going, mm-hmm, yeah, right, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can see that, like you can tell, right? At twenty six, you've been around enough people that you can you can tell if somebody's trying to push their agenda on you as well. Absolutely. And so I mean, that's not healthy. No. And so there's these there's these lines, and I think. I guess my opinion is that um, some people try, and, and even in small business, I think a lot of, I've had this conversation with some of my friends, is that they try to just make the line black or white, right? It's just very defined. And I guess what I'm trying to do is kind of trying to maybe tiptoe around there, like maybe make it a little blurry. Put a little that, gray in there. Yeah, yeah. So so that there is opportunity for, um some meaningful conversations that get below the surface absolutely um and so i've been told that you know and i i'm sure we've experienced it any of my my team that's listening right now would it gets messy like when you when you go when you go when you take conversations below the surface that you're just not talking about widgets right that the gsd the getting stuff done is inclusive of like building relationships as Corey came in this morning and he's a football coach. Um, 
getting below the surface with conversations with Corey and talking to him about what it's like to coach middle or high school kids, right? What and what what would I think he's been coaching for 13 years at Ludlow. What why do you coach? You right. know, that conversation that goes below the surface. And a lot of people like to have that connection, but some people don't. Yeah. And that's something that you gotta be mindful of. So yeah. I'm sure you've had experiences where people, you know, your coworkers, peers, employees don't want to be that open with yeah. you. They kind of want to do their work and then not get too much on a personal level and then go home, sure. you know, separate themselves. So. so maybe, so your generation, your age group, your friends, if you think about your friends right now, if I, if I said to you, Zach, Hey, whether socially or professionally, um, you know, I would like to get alongside as I, you know, imagine that, that, that we hired, you know, six or eight of your, you know, closest family right. or friends. And I said, Hey, I, I really want to get alongside them and, um, and be able to share like really authentically, how would you advise me? Um, how would you coach me to like be intentional about developing a deeper relationship with your sphere of influence Yeah, so I was... in the, in the marketplace? In the marketplace itself. Yeah. So if I hired that, imagine I hired six or eight of your closest friends and I said to you, hey, just so you know, I want to actually get below the surface in my relationship with them. So we've got work to do, mm -hmm. right? They're going to work in whatever department of our business. But Zach, <clears throat> I really want to get below the surface. How would you coach me on how, think, to, how to approach that? I think a great skill set would be is finding something they're passionate about, vaguely asking them about it and then seeing how much they're willing to expand on that. If you say, Hey, Corey, I heard you're a football coach. And he's like, yeah, I am. And that's kind of like where he, that's about all he says. He probably doesn't want to go too much into it. So like, Hey, Corey, I'm a football. I heard you're a football coach. He goes, yeah, you know, Jerry, I, I love kids. You know, I put my heart and soul into that. So the more they elaborate and the more detail they give you, the more willingness they are to open up to you and really let you get below the surface. Whereas if they're just like, yeah, you know, I coach football, but you know, I got to run Jerry. I got to get in the van. Yeah. They probably don't want to open up that much. Yeah. Or if someone's like, yeah, you know, I got five minutes. You want to talk about how much I love coaching and why I do it. And, you know, the passion and joy that it brings me and things of that nature. So I yeah. think finding something that you can relate to them with and have that icebreaker yeah. and then see how far down you can, you can break that ice. It's funny as you're saying that I'm making, I'm taking notes and I'm thinking, you know, you would, based on what you just told me, you would say, Hey Jerry, don't go interrogate him. Right. Like, hey, you coach football. Why? Why do you coach boys in football? Why yeah. middle school boys? Exactly. Why do you do that? Some right? people might start throwing up a little defense. And well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, and, and I, yeah. And people like, like me with my personality, because I'm very curious about people. Right. And so my curiosity could come across as, um, is interrogation, which mm -hmm. is not right. That's not, that's, that's going to create more. And I guess there's a certain level of emotional intelligence you need with this act. Right. Yeah. So I got to be able to read you and see that you're just not like the timing's not right. You're in a hurry, you got stuff to do, or you just don't want to talk about it. Right. And so your advice to me would be, Jerry, don't push that. Just gently throw, right. Throw that out there and They're see. Fishing, if, yeah. Yeah. And see if they are interested in <clears throat> and have capacity to talk about that. That's good. That's really good. What do you think hinders? What do you think hinders people from, um, from even trying to get below the surface in a workplace. Yeah. In a workplace setting. That's tough. Honestly. I mean, I think a lot of it just 
not even a workplace in general, it's their personality, mm-hmm. how much they're willing to share, even with their friends. I have friends that are very close to me that I've known for, you know, five, six years, yeah. but they don't talk too much in depth about their feelings, what bothers them, mm-hmm. things of that nature. They kind of just want to be around you just as a friend. They don't want to be like a brother, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of close. Yeah. Whereas this, they like your presence. They like to go out and have a good time with you, go to dinner, hang out, watch a movie, stuff like that. But they don't yeah. want to, go below that that level and get into the true core emotions and yeah. what makes them them. Yeah. So me being curious and being that guy, like I, so again, going back to the, the delicate uh, nature of this is like still, you know, they, they don't want to, for whatever reason. Um, but I want to make sure that I create an environment that if they do, <clears throat> they know they can. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so make them feel welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I read a book, I think it was, might've been seven habits years ago. And it, uh, anyway, it just prompted that the, the reminder, which guys have told me this year over the years, lots of times, if, you know, if you really want to show that you care, the best way to show that you care is to actually care. Yeah. Right. And so, and to be patient, I guess, let, let, don't try to rush that as I'm listening to you this morning and thinking, okay, so that your advice to me would be just slowly throw some conversations out there and then just be patient. How important is it, do you think, for people like me or those that are interested in getting conversation below the surface? How important is it, do you think, for us to kind of lead and model that? Like, I think very important. It's important to instill that trust in the people and you'll have people that want to open up to you right away and connect with you. Like I know, like one of our first encounters, we went in depth about relationships, families, our past. And it was like, like we were having a conversation that we know each other for 10 years and we can just talk about anything, mm-hmm. but not everyone's like that. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Timing for everybody is crucial, especially depending on what they have going on in their lives. And if they're going through something very serious or emotionally traumatic, they might not want to open up. Yeah. Not that they don't trust you. They don't want to, which is yeah. they're kind of dealing with some stuff internally. But on the surface, they seem perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was talking to a, to a friend recently that started um, going to some counseling, and um, what they were sharing with me is how exhausting it was for them to share their feelings. <clears throat> and I think that's a good reminder for us that when people that aren't used to sharing below the surface share, it can be exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So being patient. And, and the other thing that I, I, I personally love is when, when guys, one of the things that, that I like, I go to Crossroads, um, and one of the things I like about the, the guys um, from stage is it seems like they all try to lead with their vulnerability. Like Chuck Mingo, um, who I love listening to, he talks about his, um, his challenge, his addiction to pornography over the years from stage. And so when people talk about their shortcomings, their weaknesses, right. it seems like it, people become a little bit safer, seem a little bit safer when you're like, oh gosh, like talking to Rufus, um, which Rufus shares, Rufus is 72. And, you know, as you guys, most of the guys know, he discipled me 30 years ago. And um, Rufus will still tell you that he's practicing his faith. Like right. he's, he knows, he knows most of the answers, if not in context, all the answers, but 
living it out is a different thing. And okay. so his vulnerability with that is, I find that very appealing. Oh my gosh, got to pay attention to the time. That's good. <laughs> well, that's good. I think it's, you know, this is hard. It's messy. And, um, and I think that's, I think it's really important to, and my takeaway this morning, which is a great reminder for me is that just throw the invitation out there and, and don't try to rush it. So okay. that's good. Well, I appreciate it again. It's great to get to know you better and uh, sit across the table from you. And, Absolutely. And you know how this works. I think I'm going to ask you to pray us into the rest of yep. our uh, Friday, if you would, Zach. Father, I want to say personally, thank you for a great uh, first week here to Learning Glass and all the connections and, you know, people that I've got to meet. And it's been wonderful. And I want to thank you for another wonderful and blessful day on this earth. And hopefully everyone could have a great blessed weekend and everyone's friends, family, loved ones. And oh, yeah. All of them stay safe and especially going through such uncertain times with mm -hmm. COVID and things of that nature. Let's keep everyone safe and protect everybody. And uh, thank you, Father. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well done.